Um, you know, I've been um, having a little bit of a look uh, through First um, Corinthians. I actually really like Corinthians. It's a great, um, a great letter that Paul writes to his um, to the people at Corinth. And um, so today, I want to speak from First Corinthians chapter twelve. And if you've ever listened to me before, I've actually got two and a half pages of scripture to read. So there you go. I actually like reading scripture out aloud publicly. I think it's um, it's it's lacking. It needs to be read more, and it's got great you know it's got great like um, what puff or power and all sorts of things like that, you know that it's got in it you know so so it's First Corinthians twelve and we're looking at verse um, one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that. You were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Here's page one. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But, the one, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into the body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink one into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is, therefore not of the, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he has pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow great, greater honour. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But in... Yep. But God composed the body, having given greater honour than that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that member should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the other members suffer with it. 
or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, variety of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gift of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. It's just a neat piece of scripture, you know, it's just full of all sorts of things, you know, it's got the gifts of spirit, which we all have probably read a thousand times, we have this awesome thing that's going on about the body and eyes and ears and smelling bits and and, and, and private parts and coverable, you know, parts. And then he talks about apostles and so on. So today I want to have a look at one portion of this. I always like to read them in big blocks, you know, that you can actually, um, when you read them in big, big blocks, because I reckon after this is, is another cool one, because after this is chapter 13, and uh, can I possibly say that earnestly desire the best gives, I'll show you a more excellent way, is possibly the next chapter that way? <clears throat> so verse 12 looks at four, as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many, being many are, one bo- are one body, so also is Christ. You know, when I was younger, I got confirmed in the Anglican church. Is there any... Any old school Anglicans here? You know, and, and so I was about, oh, maybe about 10 or something like that, I think, or somewhere around there. And the guy at the front, you know, he's got the whole, the whole regalia on, you know, and, um, and so on. And, and I got invited into being confirmed, you know. And I was going, I've been confirmed in an Anglican church in the Waikato. And this whole kneeling at the altar thing, you know, I got up the front there and, and you get down there and, you know, it was a whole bunch of boys you know, there were a whole bunch of boys there. And I got kneeling down at the altar there, and you had the real wine. Well, it was actually very good port, actually. And then, um, and um, like you knew about it, you know, 10-year-old, and he gives you this little, and it's the big, the big chalice, you know. It wasn't the little tiny cups like we have now, the big thing. So if you're a shifty, you could, you could well, maybe not. You could... Um, you could have a couple of gulps, you know. But, um, but you know, the cool thing, what I really liked is when the, the, the man... You know, the vicar, he would, he would give you the bread and you either held your hands out and he put it in your hands or you can hold your mouth open, you know, and he could put it in, actually in your mouth. And I thought that was amazing. And I thought it was just a really neat little thing that I kind of, one of my little things that I kind of grew up with was this thing of, uh, I got up the front, a guy in a big, big robe and everything else and you got to drink from the gold chalice thing and, and you had a little bit of bread put in your thing. And, you know, um, the, often the funny thing was is after you had a couple of swigs of the port, but then you're on your way back to your seat, I'm trying to scrape the, the little wafer off the roof of my mouth, you know, because it just seems to go straight up there and stays there. And you go, how does that work, you know? And as more wine as you drank, I still couldn't kind of get that off the roof of my mouth. But you know what? I still really loved it. It was just this neat little kind of time in my life, you know, just as a 10-year-old boy, where I could just kind of experience something like that about something of the goodness of God and what God had done for me. I had a clear remembrance of that, and particularly of the scraping off the top of my roof of my mouth. <laughs> but, you know, I really, I really still loved it. It was still a really neat thing about that 
you know, that um, part of the body or that part of the body of Christ, you know. When I first became a believer and, you know, later on in my um, uh, teenage years in the Waikato, my mum used to say to me, join a youth group, you'll have a blast, you know. So, so, so I did. I just didn't join the Anglicans, you know, because they had the hot-looking girls, but they were really boring, <laughs> right? So I definitely didn't want to go there, but they were the really rich, rich farmer girls, you know. But I joined the Baptists, you see, so yippee for the Baptists. <laughs> and... Um, and I just used to have a, a, a really awesome time. I once, I once briefly dated a Methodist girl as well. And so, um, well, we had lunch together on a Friday, so I'm not really sure whether that consisted of being a date or not. I wasn't really sure. But so I, so I did this thing with the Anglicans and, and had this thing up like that. And then I joined the Baptist and had this awesome time. Then I dated a Methodist girl and things like that. And so you're probably thinking, who is this nutcase, you know? He's, just, he's gone round everywhere. What, what next for him, you know? But in every, every you know, um, kind of place that I'd been, I always still enjoyed a various different part of the body of Christ where I could just experience the things of God with other different people and various things, whether I was dating them or whether I just went along there. It was just like, oh, that's an interesting way you think about that. And, you know, and I just learned so many things from that. And then I, I ended up going to work at, worked at a supermarket and ended up working with a Pentecostal lady. Well, she was crazy. You know, she was just... <laughs> crazy, crazy Pentecostal lady. And then I ended up working for a charismatic. And that was another thing. You go, what's that? And all these different things. But you know what? I loved every minute of it. Every minute of it. Every one of those kneeling at the front, scraping wafers off the roof of my mouth, drinking port, dating a Methodist girl in a Baptist church, working with a Pentecostal, um, involved with a charismatic. You know, every one of those is just a great experience for us and where I really just love the things of the varying and variety of the body of Christ. I so love these times. Verse 13 says something like this here. For, one, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We've all been made to drink in one spirit. You know, I went on a few camps when I was, um, you know, a young adult as well and with real dry Baptists. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't drink any wine. And, um, and, and they, didn't, they did no dancing, no jumping up and down, you know, just like him sandwich, you know. Him at the start, a little message on how much God loves you and a him at the end, you know, and, and that was a real dry Baptist. I was pretty young and dumb then. I didn't know very much, but I still loved it, you know. I still loved it. I said, oh, man, that's really nice. I still felt connection with God then. still, you know, found it really good. And then I went on other camps with these absolutely wild nutcase jobs, you know, from the Presbyterian church, you know. <laughs> and, and it, you know, and it was there that the Holy Spirit caught me in a Presbyterian camp. And that was pretty cool. You know, it was really amazing. I was never the same again. And it was there I received my first prayer language. And I loved this time as well. You know, it was just a really great time. Then a bunch of things came up. You know, I kind of had all sorts of questions in my head. Where's my fit? Where do I fit? You know, where's my bit? Where's my place? What was my path? What can I do? You know, these are all hiding questions around there. I've always loved making things, you know, as well. And those of you that have that have seen some of the things I've, I've, I've uh, make, you know, I go, so what do I, why do I always seem to like to make things? And, you know, for what? For joy? Actually, yes. Actually, I enjoy making things for joy. Probably just I didn't have too many um, things to hang joy on when I was that age, you know. Didn't really, 
I kind of thought, this is a lot of fun, but what did I do that for? I didn't really have any kind of framework to hang that on, but that would come. But you know, I still love that as well. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? So I left my little Waikato town and I moved to Auckland. And I started to flatten a little place in New Lynn on the, we used to overlook number one green of the Titaringa Golf Course. And um, but I was a new boy from the city, and um, and I started, um, and I was going. I wonder where I should go. I wonder where I should go again. Where can I find my place, or where can I find where God has put me, or where He's placed me? So I started going to this tiny little church in the back of New Lynn. It was in a little school hall, and and Faye and and Dave used to go there um, years and years ago. I didn't even know them then. So this is interesting. This is more than thirty years ago. I went to this little church, and they were part of it, and. Um, and it was like, wow, big shift from the, from the small country boy. And one time the preacher in there, uh, he used to wander up and down the aisle. And, and he, was, he was like a great preacher. And, um, but boy, he, he was like right out there. And as he walked up and down the aisle, he would point at people in the aisle and, and he would say these things out aloud about their whole lives. You know, I was sitting, I was sitting about where Kevin is down there. And, um, you know, two rows from the back, and I was just going, do not come down here. (laughs) You know? Do not come anywhere near me. Don't come near me, you know? And he used to walk down, he'd point, and he would speak, and then he'd point, and he'd speak there, and loud noises and everything. I used to see. I was going, don't come anywhere near me, you know? And um, you know what? Sometimes I reckon if you make a pact like that, or if you make even a little thinking kind of agreement in your head, that then, um, then, then that either comes true or you get the complete, of, I don't really know what happens. But sometimes when you make a little pact, you go, I mm, wonder what that is. So I did this little thing. I said, if he comes up here and says something out aloud like that to all these people, then I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, and stuff like that. And you know what? He did come up and say something to me. He didn't point at me and speak out loud, but he did bend right over towards me and whisper in my ear something that I'll hold very precious to this day. And you know, I loved those stories as well. I loved those times. They were always really great times. You know, hands, ears, eyes, seeing, hearing, smelling. All these things are given by God. How we experience our Christian life on how we live and the places we've been and how we've grown and, and the people we know and the groups we're in and the camps we've been on and all those things are just a little, man, is that what it's like? Is that what it's like? Yes, it's like all of those things. You know, he has placed us in places of importance to be at the right place at the right time. You know, um, he's given us eyes to see, to see what he is up to. And I believe he's given us eyes to see what he is definitely up to in this place. You know, I love this from John 5. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like matter. And so when I was living in New Lynn, my mate and I, we decided we'd start going to this little tin pot church in Owaraka. 
And I don't even know, I always get lost when I come down to Lancer Crescent. I don't know if I'm pointing over there's Owaraka or whether it's over there. Is, is, it, is it over, which way is it? Does anybody know which way Owaraka is? Oh, that, you're all doing different things. <laughs> none, none, none of you know. Oh, I'm not asking that again. <laughs> uh, so we started going there to this little, I started going there with my flatmate and, um, and I did my first preaching stint there. Now, and I had, I bought myself a blue three-piece suit. Yeah, and, and it was, yeah, it was, it was the weird, it was dark blue, you know, and I had a powder blue shirt on as well and, and I had the nice time and I had the waist jacket and it was skin tight, you know. I used to be able to fit one of those, I can't fit one of those anymore. And I looked real sharp and, and I used to preach here on Sunday night. And I had like 30 or 40 pages of notes. Pages and pages and pages of notes. And I don't know how I ever, but I actually got through them every night that I preached there. I always got through all my notes. And so it was just like, but man, I really enjoyed that as well. It was a great thing. I used to get all sorts of Jesus mischief there. We had lots and lots, of, lots and lots of trouble. But you know, I loved that time as well. I loved being in that church where, where God had placed me for that time. This one for, from um, John chapter 5 as well. For the Father loves the Son and, sorry, and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. You know, sometimes I marvel at some of the things that I got to experience or got to do in various churches that I was in. And to, t- to see him do the stuff amongst us and with us and to us and by us, and my favorite one is in us. I think my favorite um, word in the whole Bible is the word in. And, um, you know, to partner with him in, in doing the things that he's doing, we get to stand alone and say, actually, you know what? He's doing something amazing here. I want to have a go at that. I don't want to sit around and watch everybody else do it. I'm just going to, I want to have a crack at that. I want to do the stuff like he's doing. You know, and he's given us ears to hear to hear the voice of God speaking into darkness and speaking light. You know, when he spoke, the sound of heaven exploded into darkness and the light of the world came. When he spoke, darkness was hovering over the waters of the deep. When he spoke, boom, light appeared, you know, and then there was a separation, day, night. I love this from Colossians chapter one, you know, it's probably my favorite verse next to in. I don't even know if in is a verse. I think it's, it's in lots of verses, but there. Colossians chapter one, he has delivered us. This is, for me, this is completely mind-blowing verse. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love, in whom we have redemption through the, his blood, the forgiveness of sin. You know, he has shifted us from some dark place, wherever our place might be, he shifted us. That's what he's done. Shifted us from there to there. He's just like, hang on, I'll just have a think about that for oh, maybe 20 or 30 years. You know, Let's just think about that. It is completely mind-blowing how he shifts us from one place to another through the person of Christ. I started going to this church in Sandringham about I reckon it was around 30 years ago, but it actually must be more than that because we've been married nearly 30 years, and it was before that. So what is it, Jane? It must be 32 years or something, is it, or something? Yeah. And I married Kayleen there. Woohoo! Yeah. 
And, um, you know, we did some really cool things there, saw some amazing things, learned some great things, met some fantastic people, and we did some real crazy times there as well. And, you know, it was there that I really felt the physical hand of God touch my eye there. And, um, and look, you know, th- there was a, this amazing thing. I just, I just so much love the church in that little Anglican church and, that, and in the sense that because I briefly dated this Methodist girl, I really loved what the Methodists got up to. I really love what the Presbyterians got up to because they just in, in, um, showed me a place where I can experience a person of the Holy Spirit. I love what the Baptists are doing, you know, what they were doing as well. And I really enjoyed what was happening at Sandringham, uh, you know, all those years ago. And I love this little thing is that, um, you know, that Christ loved the church so much, you know. And, and so here's my, um, if you're a married person, here's my one-line talk about how to, how to, how to have a great life how to have a great marriage. My one-line talk about how to have a great marriage, it goes like this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Because you know what? That's what he did for us. That's what Christ done for us. And, and, and here Paul talks from Ephesians and just saying, you know, husbands, he talks about wives and children and slaves and masters and all sorts of other things. But that's my one-line kind of thing for for marriages, but you know, I just relate so much around about who we are, and we're members of the body of the church, body of Christ, and and um, about how much Christ loves us. He loved us so much that he gave. He loves this church. He loves our church, the church, small g, small c. And he gave he gave himself for it. You know, and I loved all these little times as well that we had at Sandringham. Got a job as a carpenter. Started working for a guy, a missionary friend of mine, and figured out that he'd given me hands to make things. And so I started making stuff, making things and relating. And you know what? I just kind of think about that. I make stuff and I relate about stuff. I do making and relating, making and relating. And probably for about the past 20-odd years or something, that's all I've been doing is making and relating, making stuff and relating. The reason why I make and relate is because that's who God is, and he's made me like that. He's a maker and he's a relater. He makes stuff all the time. He makes everything new. He'll make everything new. He relates all the time. He's continually talking to his people. He's continuing to relate to his people all the time. He makes, he relates. We make, we relate. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather these members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are very, very necessary. You know, I moved to Henderson and I joined a church out there. And you know what I did is I just, I just, I didn't really have any, I found I didn't really have anything to offer. But you know what? I just added my strengths to theirs. And so it was part of this church for about 18 years or something like that. It seems like this is roaring along actually. So, um, but it was, um, this is like 35 or more years of work here. Um, but I did, we did a whole bunch of things there, and you know, I loved it as well. Loved every minute of it. You know, we got into lots of trouble, did some loopy things, you know, learned a lot of things, cried a lot, laughed a lot, you know, went a lot of places and things like that. But you know, I, I so love what they do there. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, sometimes as parts of our own bodies that we think are less presentable. Paul here talks about that we're to, those are to be treated with modesty and to need to be covered. But they're all still very important. Even those hidden parts of our own bodies, they're still very important members of the body of Christ. 
Now, I I'm, I'm figured out recently that I'm starting to get considerably older than I used to be. And um, I'm 52 now, so I'm not as old as some of you. But um, I'm... Because you are full of wisdom and I'm learning from all of you. <laughs> Didn't you like that? It was a great save, wasn't it? Um, but I figured out I was getting older recently when we were invited to a wedding. And, you know, when you're like 20 and so on, you go to weddings all the time. We went to Andrew and Joan's wedding and, and um, we went to heaps of people's weddings and so on. And then we, we all grew, grew a bit and then right through our 30s and through our 40s and, and now I'm into my 50s, I'm starting to go to weddings again. Unfortunately, they're not our friends are getting married, they're our friends' children that are getting married. And so there's this big long gap of not going to any weddings or any engagement parties. You go, what was that, you know? Because all our friends got married and now it's their kids that are getting married. So recently I went to uh, a wedding in Epsom and it was at um, uh, the Anglican church there and it's a high Anglican church and it had, it's, it's the most beautiful building inside in Epsom. And, um, and during the, the, the wedding, they invited the bride and the groom to take communion and I was thinking, I hope we get a go. You know, and then they just invited everybody else, and I was—I couldn't wait to get in the front of the line because it's really neat. And so you went through the gates; they have gates, and the you know the the church is shaped like a cross. You know, they're amazing little churches. Isn't it? And you go through the gates, and you go in this big curved thing, and and the minister's up there with the whole thing on again. I'm going, yes, I'm going, port, <laughs> <laughs> nice port again. You know, and the little and the little. Th- thingy, you know, and, and so I just, I, 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 you had to kneel down, you know, and the whole thing, and I go, yeah, so cool, and he had all the thing on, and all the, you know, all the, and I think it, when, when he came in, and they were, I think he led the bride and groom or something, he had the, you know, the string with the ball, and the smoke, and there's, you know, and the, the whole thing, you know, and then we went at the front and, and we sat down, you know, and we kneeled down there and, and, he, and they hand you bread and I thought, I'm going to do the tongue trick, you know, so, and, and, it, and they put the bread on your tongue and you put it and then, and guess what happened to it? Roof of mouth, you know, again, and you have this port and it was so nice and I so loved this thing of being, you know, part of, part of a wide body of Christ where we can take it in little cups and small little pieces of bread or we can take it in a lovely chalice and have a stick to the roof of your mouth. And that, but, you know, God was still there and he was still doing amazing things in, in this church. Even at a wedding, it was really, really cool. And so here we are, this pork from, this pork. <laughs> I had too much pork, that must be it. <laughs> You know, this talk from Paul, all about hands and eyes and ears and smells, you know. We are part of one body. We're not all separate parts. The Anglicans are doing some amazing things. The Methodists are raising some great girls for guys to date. And, um, and the, you know, and the Pentecostals are doing some incredible things. The Charismatics are doing amazing. I just love all of it, you know. I love everything else. Presbyterian people, God bless them, you know. And so, um, and then... But then he says, and then Paul says this in verse 27, he says, now you are the body of Christ. You know, so he does his little, it's a whole about anatomy, you know, all the way through here. And then he's going, actually, but you're that. You are a part of the body of Christ. And so I go, hang on a minute. 
well, it's just now he drops us in. We're, we're all part of the body of Christ. We do our bit, they do their bit, they do their bit, they do that. We do something else, they do their bit, they do their bit, they do their bit, they do their bit. But they are hands, their ears, and their eyes, and we might be feet, and you know, and all the voice, and you know, all these various things that that um, that we do, and it is with our eyes and our ears and our abilities and our strengths that we bring. So you know, I just love what the Father and the Son and the Spirit is doing amongst all of our churches, whether it's Baptists, Pentecostals, Anglicans, and Presbyterians and vineyards, the bells and smells of some the jumping and swinging of others the quiet and still of the quiet and still of even more and to the flaggers and dancers of our own all expressions of who god is and what he has done for us you know each church in diversity but united in diversity and in unity bringing hope to the world so i'm now here we are here, and you are here, and you're here at Liberty. You know, I so love this church. I really do. You know, where I can, you can, and we can. We can come to this place and lend my strengths, your strengths, and collectively our strengths to others. Here to see the kingdom come, just like that there, on earth as in heaven. A place where one can find hope, and healing, wholeness, and family. You see, I truly believe in the local church um, that it is the hope of the world. I was listening to Bill Hybels maybe 15 years ago or something like that when he was here once, and he just said, you know, the local church is the hope of the world. And I was going, I'll just think about that for a while. And I thought about that since ever since then, I think. I still think about now, the local church the hope of the world. <coughs> I think it's a great thing, the local church. I think we have some incredible things that we can bring to this land, to this nation. And, um, you know, and I think he's placed us here, each individual one of us, where we can lend our strengths to the, our, to lend your strengths to our strength and lend my strength to your strength. Because collectively and together, you know, God has done something really amazing amongst us. That was a quick sermon, so why don't we stand, eh? And let's just pray together. You know, I just want to... Um, you know, continue to encourage you to um, continue to, you know, to stand, um, you know, as members of this church. You know, we do put our hand up for this church. We do say, you know, I used to, people say, which church do you go to? And they go, oh, just one down the corner somewhere. I just say, I've got a Liberty Christian Church, Avondale. You know? I just stand up there and take it on the chin, you know? I've got a Liberty Christian Church in Avondale, round by the ice skating rink. You can't miss it's a big building on the corner, you know? And um, so why don't we... Um, why don't you just um, hold your hands out in front of you again? You know, I really like this thing about, and I'm reminded again with this, what Trent said this this morning about when we get to this at Christmas time, you know, you hold your hand, I'll, I'll take that present. It's like that, that God gives us a gift. And I believe God is giving us a gift of being part of his body. And, um, and we, we rejoice in being part of his body. And um, so can I just encourage you, you know, just to, just to you know, pray by yourself, you can pray out loud, however you like, but, you know, just, just to speak out some of the things about, we just want to thank God for our church. And Father, we do want to thank God for our church and for all the things that you've um, done for us and through us and to us, Father. And Father, we want to thank you for the various things that we do, for the people that you've joined us to, for the person right next to me, Father. 
for the person to my left and to my right, the person standing in front of me, the person standing behind me, Father. I want to thank you for that person as well, God, that you have drawn them here to be part of us. And Father, we want to pray your blessing upon that person, Father. And for all the people that do work outside of our, you know, in this auditorium as well, the kids next door on our, at there with Helen and the guys and, and with their Blaze kids upstairs and with our limitless youth, Father, I pray your, your power would be upon them, Father. Upon our healing rooms, Father, as well, Lord, I pray blessing upon it. Be more people come, Father, to that, to be healed, Father, and to go forward and, and do amazing things. And for our connect group, Father, Lord, I pray for them that, God, you'd bring increase to them and that as those people join our connect groups, Father, that you would do some amazing things amongst them, Father. Lord, we just love this church. You're part of this church. And we just want to be here, Father, for you for, and do everything you ask us to do, Father. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for your body. And Lord, we pray not only for this church this morning, but we pray for all the churches throughout this nation that are meeting today to bring the name of Jesus, to give glory. And Father, we pray that there'll be salvation, that there'll be healings, that there'll be wholeness of people. Every single person will encounter the goodness of God in a new way, at a new level. And Father, we just don't want to be, though, the church inside the building. Father, we want to carry the presence of the kingdom outside. Father, you called us to be outside. It's not about a building. We are the body of Christ. But Father, we're to be the body of Christ that actively spreads and takes the good news. And Father, we want to be those kinds of people. We want to be carriers of your glory. And so Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just thank you for that. There is diversity that there is diversity and unity. And Father, that we don't all have to be the same, but we all are loved children of God and that we can encourage and add our strength to each other in the name of Jesus. Amen.